This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life. And because it's date day, Paul is here, so you can ask her anything that's on your heart. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you are outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, especially with the streets wet today, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer, Paula. Thanks for being here again. You're very welcome. I've been missing you. I I miss you. I really miss you, too. No, no, I miss you uh, a lot, actually, even though I... Praise the Lord, I got to see you on uh, Tuesday night when all the pastors came over to have dinner with us at our, our place. But, yeah, no, it's it's not the same, um, but I really had a wonderful time. We have a great staff, and, you know, the ladies and I, we're really family. This is the best group of pastors' wives since we've been here. One of them said all you did was eat. It was kind of like, you know, I've never been on a cruise, <laughs> but it's kind of like that I, I, where I, I can, I've been told that it's like food is everywhere 24-7. Depends on what you want, they got it. Well, depending on what we wanted, we had it. It just, and I was so thankful because, you know, I got on the scale today and I only gained, <laughs> only gained one pound, but I was sure, I was sure, babe, that it was like you were going to have a lot more to love. That's all, but it wasn't too bad. But yeah, a lot of carbs were were taken in and <laughs> eaten. You know, I mean, we're and eating. you don't you don't eat that way, so no, I don't usually eat before ten o'clock. But these girls, they wake up saying, uh, "What time is breakfast?" You know, ten thirty. No, 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 they're already cooking ten thirty. We're talking about lunch already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then some of my girls are like snack queens, even when we travel together. You know, road trip or on a plane. They're snacks. So you're never hungry. Does that make sense? You're never hungry. We're just eating because it's there. I would know because while you're going, I just had a piece of bologna. (laughs) (laughs) You poor thing. Two nights in a row I had a piece of bologna. That was my dinner. Oh, well, that's your fault. I I left you with some money. I thought thought you made meatloaf. 
Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find it. Poor thing. Because remember, before I left, I said, I'll go to the store. I'll make you some meatloaf. But you were not very positive. In fact, I don't think you answered me at all. I said, well, that must mean he didn't want it. So that's <laughs> less for me to do. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was losing my mind. I know there's meatloaf you in there. You know it's you're looking in that half-empty refrigerator. There's no meatloaf in there. I already had a plan. Somebody who was going to drop me off uh-huh. could come in and. Put it in the microwave. I still have the directions. For oh, you? Yeah, for you. <laughs> but there's no meatloaf there. I'm so sorry. Should have been a little more firm, baby. Oh, I would have. Well. I would have made it for you. That's good. The bologna was fine. I'm, okay. I survived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Good to see you. I love you. What's up today? What's on your heart, Paula? Well, I, you know, I really want to thank the Lord, you, um, our church, you know, for making the provision and of time and, you know, the finances to be able to get away with the ladies. We used to fly to California, and we talked about that, I think, last week, and just got too expensive now that we have 12 pastors but 11 pastors' wives. Plus, you know, we we just want to spend some time together anyway. Excuse me. <coughs> yeah, actually, you guys save us a lot of money <laughs> Yeah, by doing it this way. Yeah. And, and, and I think... Probably the overall quality of the time is better than individual hotel rooms or, you know, two to a hotel room and mm-hmm. not not really being able to spend some time. Yeah. And for me personally, um, just the 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 closeness that you eleven have it's uh, amazing, really. is is spectacular. I mean, it really really is a blessing to our church. So, well, to go rent you a house big enough for eleven of you is. Is uh, it's a little pricey. It's not anything compared to, you know, flying you over, getting your hotel rooms, and doing the other. And then things. all the meals we have to eat out, on top of that, yeah. because we buy our own food and we do the cooking. It's so fun, you know, uh, that some of them just really, really, really like to cook. And I'm, I like cooking, but I don't know how to cook for that many people. But what I enjoy is uh, cleaning up the kitchen when it's over. Because we do make a mess, <laughs> and I I love the cleaning up part. So there's a there's a crew that does most of the cooking, and then you know there's sous chefs. Those are people who chop up all the all the ingredients for those who cook to cook. And then then there's me and a couple other ladies. We do all the cleaning. So it, it really works out well. Sous chef is a sauce chef. Is it? Yeah. What's the other one called? I don't know. Helper. I don't know. Okay. Then but a sous, chef, a sous chef is like sauces and stuff. Okay. So who did that? Um, that's May. That's what she loves to do. Okay. Uh-huh. And Natasha made her chocolate cake there. You talk about super fresh. Oh, my goodness. It was just amazing. The whole time was just amazing. And you know how you say this all the time. The Saturday morning prayer group, um, you get to hear people's hearts as they pray. Uh, well, this is... 24-7 with the 11 of us, hopefully next year 12, but 11 of us, um, we're, we're living together, we're praying together, we're playing together, um, we're doing our devotions, and you not only get to know their hearts in a way that you would never get to know their hearts, but their stories, you know, and how they pray and how grateful they are how much in love with Jesus and their husbands. They are. It's just, it's just a wonderful time, and just so thankful. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us 
the privilege, and, and we all kind of shake our heads like, who are we to have been chosen by God, um, one, to be married to these guys, and that they would be called to be pastors, and, and just the privilege of being, you know, the helpmates, the help meet is what it says, mm-hmm. the help meets um, in this calling. It's just an amazing thing. Yeah. Paula, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the obvious answer is is our connection to the Lord, but 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 from a little bit lower perspective, uh, under the sun, I'm, I, I've got Ecclesiastes on the radio, okay. uh, the teaching is, uh, message, and it's uh, there's above the sun and mm-hmm. below the sun, but kind of below the sun. What do you think is the key to to your unity, to the love you have for each other, and um, you know just the fact that that uh, these eleven ladies uh, love each other so much, and everybody in the church can see it. What do you think is the key to that? I think the key is understanding that um, we are loved by the Lord. And that, that scripture of <clears throat> Song of Solomon 4, 7, Oh, beautiful you are, my darling, there is no flaw in you. You hear that enough times that you begin to believe it. And then the Romans 5, 5, love of God should have brought in our hearts for other people because we're all different. And I say this all the time, whether it's two of us together or 11 of us together, you know right now. However many there are, we make one great person. And we all understand that it, it's not dependent on any one of us. It's all dependent on Jesus. Um, but he has called us together, and we see the cohesiveness, cohesiveness that happens. Just like I'm saying, even in the kitchen, we all have different roles. We all don't do the same things. But the end product is amazing. Like, so there are some of us that are, listen to me, some of us. There's some that are real soft-spoken and, and gentle and a little more um, reserved and subdued. And then there's some that are bold. Um, and then there's some that are kind of on the ghetto side. <laughs> <laughs> where, you know, where whoever comes at us, it's kind of like the 11 of us are arm in arm, and it's like Red Rover, Red Rover, let whoever come over. And whoever comes at us, one of us, two of us, are able to say, I know you. I am you. Um, and we all kind of um, fit in our roles, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, as a pastor, um, uh, when I was there Tuesday evening, but but I mean I know this because I'm around all of you a lot. Um, I, I think of of Paul pleading uh, with Yodia and Sintuki okay. to get along in the Lord, and 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 I can ex- I can f- experience his heartache. It's just like brothers, you got to do something. Help these two women who've contended at my side mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel, and you you could see the pain. Uh, and obviously, we hear about all kinds of of um, personality clashes and differences in 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 other churches and and you know Paula boy the lord has spared us that we just our our group of pastors and pastors wives uh, we truly are family and there there just isn't any of that yeah kind there's of... nobody who is trying to climb over the other one um or scratch 
you know, trying to get closer to you so that they can have prominent position. There's none of that. It's just really kind of a, a cool thing. Um, and so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, we'll come back in a minute. Let's go to the phone call. we got Greg on line one from Boverde. Greg, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, guys. Love hearing you all on the radio. That's just, uh, <laughs> it's always a, a blessing to hear you guys on Thursdays for sure. And, and of course, Pastor Ryan, all the other four days are good with you too, but <laughs> especially, better, especially better with Paula. Yeah, that's kind anyway. of my life, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, well, my question is, you know my situation, you know, I told you what the Holy Spirit has told me is, is as long as we are, you know, staying tight with with Jesus, you know, we're, we're praying, we're in the Word, we're doing what we can. Is there a way we can still screw things up, though, or can we not screw up God's plan? Even though, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're gonna have our have our days, but you know, as long as we're earnestly seeking Him and in faith believing what I believe was spoke to me from the Holy Spirit. You know, is there anything I can do to screw things up? Yeah, Greg, I, I don't think so. Now, I, I think the key, and this is such an important question, because it applies to any situation anybody listening to this radio program might find themselves in. The, 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 the most self-assuring, reassuring thing that, that uh, I, I hold on to is the fact that if I'm with Jesus today, and I haven't done anything to mess that up, um, then when I wake up in the morning, he's going to be there. I was telling the church the other night in in a Bible study that our older son, Ronnie, when he was little, (laughs) three, four years old, he'd come running into the bedroom and and jump right on top of Paula. And he would take his fingers and open her eyes and say, Mom, you awake yet? And and that's kind of how I feel like Jesus is there for me every morning. Are you awake yet? Now, I'm not the brightest, cheeriest waker-upper, um, but but he's always there. And if I'm with him, I can't mess up anything. Now, I can I can mess up by, by responding to circumstances or the appearance of things. I can fall into sin. I can do um, um, things that are contrary to the will of God for my life. But that's the beauty of 1 John 1, 9. Because all I have to do when I do mess up is recognize that and say, oh, God, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. I don't want to be separated from you. I don't want anything between us. And and I'm instantly forgiven, and that relationship is completely restored. And so every single day, as many times during the day as necessary, uh, I can be confident that he is with me. And and here's the, the good thing. If I'm following Jesus, it is impossible impossible for me to miss out on anything that he has for me. Now, I might miss out on some of the things that I have for me. I might miss out on some of the things that other people think I ought to do. But I'll never miss the perfect will of God because I'm following Jesus. And Greg, I think the only thing that uh, somebody in your situation, and we don't have time to, to discuss that with the with the audience, but I think the only thing that somebody in your situation needs to um, be careful of not getting out in front of the Lord. Just waiting for his timing and waiting patiently for him to accomplish his will. And I think we talked about this on, on another call. Um, you know, I, I think we, we always have to leave open the possibility that uh, what we heard was not from the Lord. 
without any pride, without any conflict, without any unbelief. This isn't unbelief. It's just, Lord, uh, I'm going to follow you whether it leads there or not. This is what I believe. I believe it with all of my heart. And so I'm going to pursue that. I think, Greg, that pleases the Lord so much. And then when he's time, let's just assume, and I've been wrong several times, so I'm, I'm saying this from, from personal experience. Um, when I got to that place where it was time to take a turn, uh, Jesus right there and says, well, your heart was in the right place, but that was not ultimately my plan for you. And, and then he just took my hand and we, we would go in the right direction. So, no, there's nothing you can do to mess it up as long as you're following Jesus. And uh, he'll make sure you get to the finish line. Uh, it will be his finish line, not necessarily yours. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're going to find out that his finish line is much, much better than anything that we had planned. Mm-hmm. Greg, thank you. It's always good to hear from you, dear friend. Appreciate it very, very much. Let's go to Ruben, another friend on line two from Seguin. Ruben, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Oh, no problem. I will hold forever to speak to you because you you have been a tremendous help to me. And I just thank God. Um, I just thank God because uh, he has given me the strength to endure what <clears throat> has, by definition, been the hardest, hardest part of my life with my, my the passing of my dad. But I just thank God that he has sustained me. And he is holding me together, and it's only him. I thank God that depression and anxiety is slowly slipping away. And in the name of Jesus, I know that it's going to go completely away. And I just thank God. I, I thank God for that. Uh, you're um, maturing, You're maturing, Ruben. It's obvious to anybody listening to you. You can listen. Your focus is changing from you to him, from me yeah. to he. And and that's always the way out. So God bless you, dear friend. Yes. Yeah, thank you. And I just have a really quick question. If you can, um, I was reading in Proverbs 20, I think it's 26 and 28, um, the very last uh, verse in 28, I believe it's 28, where it says, The Lord detests or hates a lying tongue. And it got me thinking, um, there's, you know how people say there's small lies, there are white lies, that they're okay. But if I'm understanding it correctly, a lie is a lie, and if you lie, <laughs> uh, God hates it. So yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of that, you know, uh, especially over the past month, you know, with the financial situation that, that has been falling upon me has been hard, and I've had to, you know, tell people stuff that, I can't prom. I mean, I promise things that I can't, you know, uh, go through with. But I'm it's because I'm trying to find a way to, to to get the money to pay it all. Since Dad, he and I, we split all the the, the bills and everything. So my question is this: I, I, I came across it because I was reading in, in, in the Book of Proverbs, and I did Philippians, like you told me, uh, beautiful, by the way. And then I got to to that chapter, and then I got to that verse. So, will God forgive me if I just, I mean, because, I mean, he hates it. That's what that's what the Bible says. So, can you help me maybe understand it a little bit more? No, when you, when you say, uh, Reuben, will God forgive me for, for and, and you're talking about lying, God hates lying. Lying about what? 
like my creditors, the the, the bills that I owe, uh, I tell them that I'm going to come up with X amount of money by certain day, and mm-hmm. I know that I can't because yeah. I've tried just about everything to get help everywhere I could, and now I'm dodging them. Um, and that's, you know, I'm lying to them. And, I mean, they know the situation, but I can't afford to lose, you know, my house or the stuff that I have in it because yeah. I've invested a lot of money in it. And so that, those are lies like that. Yeah, Ruben, I think, I think a lot of, most Christians have at some point been in this when we could see no earthly way out of a situation. Uh, and so we did the best we could and the best we can is uh, not telling the truth. And that's, that's being very polite. Um, but here's the problem. And, and, and I, I really hope that this hits home in your brain and in your heart. Um, we need, especially when we get in these kind of situations, we need God's help to get out of them. And when we lie, when we do things our way, we're preventing God from being able to help. We're actually shutting him out. And and um, I do an awful lot of counseling, and clearly a lot of that ends up uh, financial counseling with people in the church who are coming off of old lives where there was kind of trouble. And here's what I tell them all the time. I just say, look, what you've got to do is you've got to deal with everybody honorably, honestly, tell them the truth, promise them that you will do the best you can, but make no promise beyond that. And and that's when God is able to really come alongside you and help you. Uh, the moment we and and again, when a creditor calls, there's all kinds of threats and and you know they're they're trying to bully you and put pressure on you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you've got to be impervious to that. You know, if God is for us, who can be against us? The problem is by lying, you're shutting God out from being able to help you. And he wants to help you. So, you know, we went through these kinds of things uh, in our early years. And when I say early years, our our first 15 <laughs> early years, uh, when we just didn't have the money to pay. And I would call uh, our, our landlord uh, and say, you know, we can't pay you the rent. I can give you this much money, but I can't do anything more. And I would always tell them, look, if you want us out, you're not going to have to do it. Just tell us you want us out and we'll figure out something else. But as of now, this is the best we can do. And um, it was amazing the favor we found with those creditors, or not not they weren't creditors in the traditional sense, but with landlords. And there were times when Paul, we don't have time to tell the story now, but Paul and I thought we were going to be kicked out in a couple of days. And um, um, just by being honest with them, um, the Lord was always able to show up and show off for us. Paul, you remember those times? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were like three and a half months behind in rent at the apartment complex, and I was working for them, but they weren't paying me. So anyway, we still owed the money, and they were getting really upset about that, and and also the utility companies. I was like, look, I'm working for a company that's not paying me, but I'm doing the best I can, you know. And it was really kind of a cool thing because um, at one time the Lord just— I, I don't know how it even happened, but we got money from crazy places, and the the company finally came through at the last minute. But had I lied to them and said, oh, yeah, we'll give it to you on a certain day, they're looking forward to that on that day. And then here we are, Christians, not just Christians, but 
pastor and his wife, and we're lying the whole time. What kind of witness would that have been? So anyway, it worked out. Yeah, and and you know, Reuben creditors lie. That's what they do. When uh, their their job is to huff and puff and and threaten you and and uh, try to scare you into they get paid based on what they collect. Um, we understand that, but they really have no answer for honesty. Mm-hmm. And what we want, again, this is the important part. What we want is for Jesus to be able to lead us out or lead us through those difficult circumstances. And the moment we start lying, because it makes sense to us, I don't know what else I can do. At least I can buy a few days extra time. Uh, I can promise you, Reuben, that by telling the truth, um, being open and transparent with people, um, the Lord bought us more time. And so far, Paul, I think he's bought us 28 and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, he's he's been very, very faithful to us. And now that we are not in that situation anymore, you know, 1 Corinthians 4.2 says it's required that every man given a trust by God must prove faithful. And and it's not just faithful in the result, but faithful in the process as well. Yeah. And so um, um, will God forgive you of the lies? Of course he will. But he can't forgive you if you're going to lie again tomorrow. That's right. It can't be a plan. Yeah, well, I'm forgiven today, but I'm going to do yeah. the same thing tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah. Ruben, trust him. You're going to see his hand move in and through your life like never before. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. To the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Date Day show. Paula is live in studio, 210-340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, it's yours. Okay, so we, we're still talking... You know about the pastor's wives um, and how wonderful our time was, but um, this coming Monday we will not have a study, but on October 16th and October uh, 23rd, because there's 11 of us who are going to be sharing, you have to split us up. Um, they're going to be talking about what they shared. We all do it uh, a short devotion. Some of them are shorter than others. Some of them are like <laughs> real Bible studies kind of devotion. But it's so fun. Um, but uh, we we um, kept the same theme as our sweet summer devotion, the God who sees me. Oh, my goodness. You don't want to miss. If you're a woman, you can be here. But if you're a man, I would listen online. These girls, ladies, um, have something to say that will encourage everybody. There were some things that they shared, and, and they won't probably share everything that they shared with us. I'm, I'm, in some instances, I'm pretty sure. Well, they only have a few, few five minutes. Right? Yeah, they only have a few minutes for sure. Um, but, oh, my goodness, I feel more in love with them than I already was. And some things I didn't even know, you know, um, yeah, just some of the ladies in our church who 
befriended them, you know, or some of the ladies that they have um, counseled with, and just some of the it's just great stories how how the Lord their whole lives, and that's pretty much the theme. Even when we have different themes, God was always there. Yeah. He was always watching. What was this the lyric to the song we sang last night? He will never fail. That one? Yeah. How can how can he fail me now? How can he, he fail me now? He won't. Yeah. You even added he can't. Yeah, I like that better because mm-hmm. it's impossible. Yeah. Okay. So Ruben, did you hear that? God won't fail you. He can't. If you just do <laughs> your part, he's right there. Um but yeah, the God who sees me, he's been watching our entire life saying, psst, psst, go this way. Psst, psst. And I always see my my walk, even my life, I think before I got saved, as there's that start line and then there's an end line. You know, those it's like a maze. So if before I was going all, hitting, going all crazy ways and hitting dead ends, but when I got saved, like you said, there's a start and there's a finish. And the God who sees me, when even when I get off track and I repent, he's right there to say, turn left, baby. There's an opening right there. Just follow me. Just follow me, and I'll get you out of this mess that you got yourself in. And then even when, you know, you're doing the, the right thing, like with Greg, if you're, if you're following the Lord, sometimes it doesn't always work out the way you want, like like Paul, when he wanted to go to Asia all the time, and, and the guy said, yeah, you're going to get there. Not, but you're going to be bound with this belt like this. and You're going to be in prison, and you're going to have that. Is it, what's the book when in chapter 11 where all that stuff is happening to him? What book is that? Where it's 2 Corinthians 12. Okay, yeah. He's bad-mouthed by his own brother's. He's shipwrecked, he's hungry, he's whipped, he, yeah, he's thirsty, all that, you mm-hmm. know. And But he was in God's will. And um, you're going to hear from these ladies some of those stories. Yeah, I think one of, the, one, one of my favorite, it, it's just a simple line in the book of Romans where Paul says, because uh, he wants to visit Rome, mm-hmm. you know, and he <laughs> says, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of God's blessing. Mm-hmm. And and he did, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything like he looked because he was a prisoner. Yeah, he got he got there as a prisoner and was put in in jail two two separate times. Once where he was released, and then a, a second time uh, where he eventually died at the end mm-hmm. of of uh, Nero. But but it was the full measure of God's blessing, mm-hmm. and nobody would have picked that. Nobody would have felt very blessed no. by all the things that were happening. But but that was exactly. Uh, what was going on. Hey, before I forget it, um, you, you mentioned we're, you were not going to be here next Monday night anyway. Um, next week, Pastor Ken is going to be doing the show and, and uh, the Thursday show, Pastor Ken in May, yeah. uh, because we'll be gone. We're, we're going to go take uh, our, our little fall five-day, four-day and a little bit break. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and we'll we'll be seeing our son and daughter and and our grandson. Yeah. Um, because our other granddaughter is in Minnesota at college playing soccer. Yeah. Um, How dare but, she? Yeah. But <laughs> but um, we're going to be uh, there, and and we just looked at the weather forecast, so we're thrilled because it's like a hundred degrees there. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be nice. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like that when we come back here too, right? Right before joy of Jesus? I hope. Me too. So, yeah, the God who sees me. And 
you mentioned this already. Uh, he who began the good work in us will be faithful to complete it. And so, again, the, our life is a maze. And the Lord, if you're a Christian, you will get to the end because he is faithful, um, even when we're not. I, I really love that, what Second Timothy 2.13, I think it is. He is faithful even when we're not. He knows the end. And I used to freak out, like, what if I mess up? What You know, I don't want to disappoint the Lord. And he's big enough. He already knows the mess I'm on. He already knows the mess I am. <laughs> you, know, Paul, just, I, I, you know, I think in pictures, and, and I wonder how many times Jesus is walking, and we're supposed to be following him. Yeah, closely. And, and, and we take a detour, mm-hmm. and Jesus just sort of just stops from us. Oh, if I, oh if I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When, and he's just waiting. Yeah, Come yeah. on, get back yeah. over here. Yeah. And, and and but that's he who began a good work. We faithful will be. He is the author and mm-hmm. the finisher yeah. of our faith. And I think too often we think, well, I got to take matters in my own hand because this is up to me. Mm-hmm. And it never it is. It never is. Yeah, we heard that at the with the pastor's wives too. It's not about us, you know. We, I I think I said it. He who. Uh, no, no, it's he who is in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. If we would just put our hands down and our heart open and follow the Lord, you know, as much as we can. He knows our limitations and um, our our fears and our failures. He knows it all. And so he doesn't really take us, you know, to those places where he's setting us up for failure. But he does expect us to mature and trust him. Man, I keep hearing that. Don't you trust me? I, like when I got in the car yesterday, yeah, I was telling you, coming up here, because I had been, the Lord's been saying, just trust me. Trust me, Paula. I want you to rejoice, and I want you to rejoice at all times. He said, things may not turn out the way you expect them to, but trust me anyway. So I get in the car, you know, I'm some dealing with the Lord because I'm hearing all the ladies, you know, they sharing their testimonies and stuff. And I'm like, man, I'm getting convicted, you know. <laughs> okay, Lord, now you know I love you. You know I trust you. But why am I getting convicted right now? So I get in the car to come up here again, and you're on the radio. I'm like, hey, there's my boo. He's on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, And you're telling the story about Pastor Chuck Smith. You know, um, by the way, this is the anniversary. Yesterday was the anniversary ten years since he died. Ten years already? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow, we're getting old quick. So, and you were telling that story about he needed four hundred dollars. You know, this the world was going to end if he didn't get this four hundred dollars. And um, he, the Lord had been telling him, Chuck, trust me, I'm going to take care of you. Well, it didn't come through when Pastor Chuck thought it should come through. And so you were saying that a friend of his called and said, I don't know what's going on with you, uh, Chuck, but the Lord has put it on my heart to send you a check for $400. Oh, you know, the Lord is good. You know, God is good. God is good. And so it was like the Lord said, hello. (laughs) Hello. Um, What are you so happy about? He said, the guy just called and said, he's going to send me a check for $400. And the Lord said, well, how can you trust him? Yeah. What if, what if he doesn't send it? Yeah, what if he doesn't send it? <laughs> well, Lord, he's a nice guy. He wouldn't lie to me. And then there was silence for a second. And the Lord said to him, well, I'm a nice guy. Do you think I would lie to you? Why don't you trust me? 
man, I was in the car saying, okay, let me, okay, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to trust you. But that was just kind of one of those confirmation things for me. Okay, Paula, I'll give you $400. I don't need $400. <laughs> I know. I don't need it. I, the Lord has, you know, you have always been there. You have always cared. You have always shown your love to me. He is. T- I'm 71 years old, Pastor Ron. You don't look it. Nevertheless, he has brought <laughs> me safely thus far. He hasn't failed me. Why would he even start now? He won't. And so it just was a beautiful ending to three days with these ladies talking about the God who sees me. And uh, he sees me even now. I used to freak out about coming up here to do this radio program. And I said, Lord, I don't have anything to talk about. And look, it's 441 and I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) The show's almost over. (laughs) We're doing pretty all right. But yeah. The Lord wants each one of us, we all have our lane, stay in your own lane, and watch God work. That, yeah, it's an amazing thing. I walk in here, you know, and the people are lined up to pick up their kids from school, and I'm getting high fives. Hey, Mama Paula. Hey, Mama Paula. Hey, Grandma. Hey, you know. Who would have thought? Just because I said yes. You know, Paula, we have... um to, to illustrate the Lord's faithfulness. Uh, when when the, we pastors came over to the house for dinner the other night, um, you know, your mama Paula, a bunch of these kids call us grandma and grandpa. And um, when I walked in the house, uh, I got to look at our first great-grandchild. Mm-hmm. Because one of the People yeah. that call us grandma yeah. had her baby, and 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 her husband had been watching the baby, mm-hmm. and so she'd been away from him for a day and a half, and mm-hmm. you could tell she, oh, I want to see the baby. So yeah. he brought the baby, yeah. and 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 said, God, you are so faithful. This is this is our first great grandchild mm-hmm. out of out of the church here that for that, the pastor's wives, yeah, for the for the for pastor's wives, and, and for me, I mean, this is a great grandchild for me, mm-hmm. and. Um, I just thought, oh, what a what a faithful God mm-hmm. we serve. Just mm-hmm. a, a wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the church is growing. And we didn't grow slowly because for the most part since we've been here, we've had 6 to 12 girls pregnant at the same time. Yeah. That's a way to grow a church, isn't it? Well, like I, like I said, <laughs> this was a very slow way to grow a church. But, <laughs> but these kids grow up uh, knowing the Lord right from the— Beginning. Oh, let me tell you. When I came up, you know, I, after church th- Sunday, I didn't. T- I don't know if I told you the story. I don't. I don't think I did. So, after church uh, third service, you know, I take you to get you something to eat and then drop you off at the house. And I come back to the ladies. We're all going to meet here in caravan to the house. So I I get to the door and Freddie, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> Freddie Aguilar says to me, I don't even get in the door. I don't have my foot in the door yet. And he just comes to me, like jumps off a chair, runs over, "Uh, Mama Paula. I said, yes, Freddie. You're not the boss to take these girls away. My grandma is. (laughs) I was like, what did you just say to me? You're not the boss to take these ladies away. That's my grandma's job. I just wanted to ignore him. 
<laughs> then he had the nerve to say to his mom, can I go with you? I was like, no. <laughs> no, you cannot go. You're a man. And he's, he was, he, he's in kindergarten. He just got something to say, doesn't he? <laughs> a little cute thing. I love him. But. <laughs> Fred, and this just, the things that we'll be telling these stories in the nursing home. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, Freddie, uh, Miss Kenyette, our mm-hmm. kindergarten teacher, she's yeah. like 6'2", mm-hmm. and and the kids look at her like she's a giant. Yeah. But but she's she's wonderful. I think every kid ought to have Miss Kay for, for or, or their kindergarten teacher. But but she's teaching them to walk through the place without making noises. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they walk through the aisles. Now, these are kids that the parents are saying, you're going to kick me out of the church. My, my child <laughs> yeah. won't be a... But but they walk through the aisles with their finger up to their lips like the shh sign. Like, like be quiet, but, but don't talk. Like and Freddie is in the middle of the line, and he's got his finger right up to his lips, mm-hmm. but he's talking the whole time oh, yeah. with his <laughs> finger over, not quite getting the concept yet. <laughs> but it was just so funny. I love uh, you. You know, Paula, it, it, just the Lord's kindness is demonstrated over and over. Just this past Sunday uh, in one of the services, I'm coming off the stage. Now, I, I've shared I'm visually impaired. And I was coming off the stage, and and I can't see well at all when I come off the stage because lights are in my face. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I, I I exit the stage very very slowly. The the men here kind and built a ramp for me, so because I, I can't do stairs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going off the stage, and this little boy, eight years old, Zach is his name. Yeah, and he runs up that ramp, and he takes my. I'm going to cry. Oh. He runs up that ramp and he takes my hand mm-hmm. and says, I'll help you, uh-huh. Papa Ron. Uh-huh. And I just thought, Lord, look at the life you've given me. Look at the life that you've given me. It's just, that's what happens when you follow Jesus. Now, I can honestly say that nothing here at Calvary Chapel in our 28 plus years has ever happened the way I thought it would or the way I imagined it would happen in my mind. And yet everything that's happened has happened with such great awe and wonder because that's God's path for us. And and to see a, a, an eight-year-old boy run up that, just nobody asked him to, Mm-mm. you know, he just, just he's going to help me. And I just thought, you know, God, I'll follow you forever. Because that's the way it'll be. And that's why I'm not afraid. We joke about the nursing home, but mm-hmm. hey, we've been there before. <laughs> yeah, we sure have. We, we ministered there, mm-hmm. so we know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And the only thing we told him is, look, you got to get us a double room. Double room. Mm-hmm. Paula and I, we, we're in the room together. Yeah, no. I already made some arrangements, babe. <laughs> They're going to let us stay at our house. I told you, I, you know, I've been talking to quite a few of them. Some of them said, we're not letting you go to a nursing home. I said, okay. But. I would love to live in my own house, but you guys better make a list of it's your turn this week, <laughs> and then somebody else's turn next week because you're gonna get sick of us. Um, it takes a village, and so. Bet you don't know how old I am. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We had a man follow in our earlier. It's the first ministry that you and I ever did together, and and God in His wisdom had us exactly the right place at the right time. It was at a nursing home before I went to. Bible college, um, before we came to Texas, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew I was called to teach, so so God kind of directed to this nursing home in, in Claremont, where we lived. 
and um, we go in there and teach. And I still tell stories about those people. That's more than 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. I still tell stories about them. And and this one guy, Bill, um, he'd say, you know, I was your mailman. Mm -hmm. Back when they called them not letter carriers, but mailman. Mm -hmm. I was, I said, really in Pomona? My address was Densmore in Pomona? And you, yep, I was your mailman. Every time we saw him, he'd say, bet you don't know how old I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think God was giving me a glimpse of my future there. (laughs) (laughs) He was 84 for, what, almost a year and a half, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I would say, Bill, let me guess, you're 84. And you say, how, how did you, you know? know? <laughs> See, we're going to be telling that story ourselves. But, but those, those, those people taught us so much yeah. about unconditional love. They gave us their unconditional love. We gave them our unconditional love. And, and it was just God saying, okay, here's how I want you to treat the people that I didn't even know about here in San Antonio, Texas at that point. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's like to follow Jesus. The lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, and the angry, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And um, some of the people in the nursing home, because I don't know how they live their lives, but some of them were just afraid and angry. Um, they didn't have visitors. And so... When you showed up, they're like, there he is, you know, <laughs> clinging on to him. And, you know, they could wheel themselves around in the nursing home. But when you got there, yeah, they felt like royalty because <laughs> you would push them. Yeah. You know, I have a, I have a, what's he called? Uh, not a chauffeur, that's a car. Uh, what am I trying to say? Somebody who walks hand in hand with me. What's the word I'm looking for? A valet? That's a good one. That's a valley. Yeah. But it was just, you know, uh, there were there were people there. And, and believe me, the devil is busy in nursing homes. Yeah. And um, there were there were people there who, especially ladies, um, who uh, couldn't hear. Um, their their eyes were gone to the point they couldn't read mm-hmm. the, the, their Bibles anymore. And... Um, when I would come in, the nurses would come and say, you know, we, we need you to talk to so-and-so. And I'd go in there, and you'd have to stand at the door because I'd have to get three inches from their face. Yeah, that was Helen Brown. <clears throat> and scream yeah. Bible verses at them, scream scriptures to them, mm-hmm. just just comfort them. Yeah. And you sometimes would, at the top of your lungs, sing hymns to them. And you could just see the peace just kind of fall over them and mm-hmm. rest upon them, and but 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 and before that they were um, just overwhelmed with fear and panic, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's just you 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 recognize um, sometimes how cruel life is, but God's presence was there palpably. God's presence was there, mm-hmm. and and He just taught us a lot. He He used our dog to teach us how to love the people here. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> He got so, where his was it hip dysplasia, to where he couldn't walk up and down the stairs, but he still had to you know take care of himself kind of thing, food in food out, and the Lord said you know, I'm going to teach you something with this dog, how to love unconditionally because he couldn't do a thing for us other than make our hearts smile, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's good to be needed but. Not all the time, like 2 o'clock in the morning and then 4.30 in the morning when he was getting 
near the end where he felt like he had to go out all the time, you know. And yet, love is patient, love is kind, you know. He just taught us. Love never fails. Love never fails, that's right. Uh, we'd, we'd take him down those stairs in a comforter that we had, you and I on the four corners, yeah. and carry him down. And I'd hold his butt up while he was trying to go to the bathroom, and we'd clean him. Yeah. And then every time, Paula, I'll never forget this picture, every time we'd come back in, um, he'd just go right into the kitchen in our apartment. And we had a, a linoleum. tile, tile mm-hmm. linoleum. Floor. White, white linoleum. And, and you'd turn him over and take fleas off of him, one flea at a time. Yeah. We just use your fingernails and take them off. And put them in the garbage disposal and turn the yeah. garbage disposal yeah. on. <laughs> Yeah, because our dog, oh, dog wasn't used to fleas uh, until no. we came to Texas. Yeah, no, that's not happening. And, uh, and uh, he would just look at us like, thank you for taking care of me. And um, as he was getting ready to die, um, the Lord spoke to both of our hearts and said, um, now you've learned how I want you to take care of my people. Yeah. And we've been picking off fleas and we've been carrying people up and down stairs and cleaning up their messes with them yeah. um, for all of these years. And and um, that's really our mission in life. And those lessons come as, you're, as long as you're following Jesus. Those lessons come um, on a daily basis yeah. in, in the least expected ways. But they're lessons that you never, ever, ever forget. I know. I know. I want to say a shout out and a thank you to uh, Thomas and Jesse. They are texting saying, I think you'd better make that list because we're going to be fighting over who gets to take care of Mama Paula and Pastor Ron. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We love you. That was too sweet. That's too sweet. So, Pastor Ron. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. sweet. Joy of Jesus is coming. We got two weeks from this Saturday. Yep. Is it two weeks? Yeah, two weeks yep, from this weeks. Saturday. Um, and for those of you who don't know anything about that, um, it's at Travis Park. Saturday, October 21st, 11 until 3. Three. Um, You don't want to miss it. Um, We are so excited. Stay tuned because Pastor Ron will be talking about it. I'm sure Pastor Juan will be on the radio with him shortly. Um, But you don't want to miss it. Travis Travis Park. You just ruined Pastor Juan's day. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh. I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.